0: Hi, welcome everyone to Pop Cult X, Episode Ninety-One. As always, I am Gabriel, along with Danny, your middle-aged, <laughs> middle-aged. host, uh, your your uh, wise, uh, long in the two, uh experienced uh, uh, man of distinguished mint. Uh, your host of Pop Cult X. So uh, we have the Gen X point of view with uh, pop culture, and let's go ahead and get started. So uh, how's it been, Danny? What, what have you been up to and what have you seen, watched, listened to, et cetera? Um, I found out through a Twitter
1: post from our friend of the show, Alex Segura, about a show called Party Down. I guess it came out in 2009. I'd never heard of it. But he mentioned saying he said something like, um, is it really Party Down without Lizzie Kaplan? And, you know, Lizzie Kaplan, I spoke about as her great performance in Fleischman is in trouble recently. And I was like, what is this party? I, I didn't know what it was. So I went to IMDb, yeah. looked it up, and it's a show that was on, it was a series that was on Stars Network with Adam Scott, Martin Starr, Ken Marino, um, Lizzie Kaplan, Jane Lynch was in it for a while, Jennifer Coolidge, um, Megan Mullally. um, ryan hansen and it was just like wow that sounds interesting so it centers around a group of caterers who are all. oh i've seen it yeah you've seen it okay yeah and every episode is a different party or a different event that they're working and it was so much fun so enjoyable and i binge watched the first two seasons so i think it was like 20 episodes and i just couldn't get enough of it which is good because what led me to that was that S.T.A.R.S. is rebooting the show in February 2023. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's like 10 years nice. later in the future for everyone involved. And it's like when I saw the trailer for it after watching all the other shows, it was like, wow, it's like seeing old friends and catching up with them.
0: It was, It's really cool. I'm really looking forward to it. Is, is it going to be slightly depressing that they're all still cater waiters or have they moved on? <laughs> Hopefully they moved on. Hopefully. I mean, of course, they, it has to be that there's
1: come back to the party down. So it's going to be depressing in that regard. But that's what makes it funny, right? That yeah. after all this time, maybe something happened, which led them back there. I don't know.
0: But it was I'm looking forward to that show very much. Yeah, Well, um, I've actually been binge watching a show on Peacock. Uh, called Poker Face with <laughs> Natasha Leone. Leone and Adrian Brody. So good. Mm-hmm. It is um, definitely my favorite show right now. Um, we've been watched all the shows that are that are available. For those that haven't heard of it or that haven't watched it, it centers around Natasha Leone, um, who has the innate ability to read people's faces and tell whether or not they're telling the truth that gets her into all sorts of sorts of uh misadventures and it's almost like a modern day like murder she wrote where every week she solves a different murder crime like a and, Columbo
1: type thing is what i heard
0: yeah and um very quirky she's you know super super charismatic i love her as an mm-hmm. actress yeah um there's a lot of guest stars benjamin and brat is in it um Ton of of uh, the episode I saw last night has uh, Chloe Sevigny in it, who does really good in it. um t- So tons and tons of like little cameos sprinkled in. Um, it's such a good show. I recommend it. I know a lot of people don't haven't subscribed to to Peacock. Mm-hmm. Um, get that trial subscription just so you can watch <laughs> it because it is worth it. It is so good. And don't forget,
1: it was created by rianne Johnson, who, you know, from Glass uh, Onion, Knives Out series, and. And the Last Jedi Star Wars series and many others. Yeah, so, he's on yeah.
0: fire because this is such a good show. Like, I I don't recommend you know a lot of things with this much fervor normally, but <laughs> this I definitely give like my stamp of approval. Um, it's so good. It's uh, it's funny. It's dark. Um, it's you know clever. The acting is really superb. Um, so definitely, definitely check it out.
1: Very cool. I watched um banshees at of Insurin last night. How and did you like it? It was interesting. Have you seen it yet? I haven't. Is that with Colin Farrell? Yes, Colin Farrell, um, Barry Keoghan, and Kerry Condon, and I forget the older gentleman's name. Um, yeah, it's, it's quite interesting. It's set in 1923 on an island oh, off awesome. the coast of Ireland um, during, I guess, there's an Irish Civil War going on but it's it's it has that just plays like the backdrop to the story but it's really centered around colin farrell and the other olderman gentlemen's their friendship and how it disintegrates basically and oh, it's, wow. it's quite interesting i i enjoyed it um it's really a character-driven movie for sure and it I can see why Colin Farrell was nominated for the um, the Oscar for that performance. It was really he did an
0: excellent job. He's definitely one of my favorite actors, so I will definitely need to check it out for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of his, so uh, I will be checking it out, even though I can't pronounce the title of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I did watch another movie that was really, really,
1: really weird it had a lot of controversy surrounding it because of the relationship of the actors. And that was, don't worry, darling with Harry oh, Styles, yeah. Florence Pugh, um, Olivia Wilde, um, Nick Krolls mm-hmm. in it, uh, Chris Pine. And it was odd. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was good. Mind you, but yeah. it was weird. It was quite interesting. I enjoyed it and I don't want to give away too much of it, I'm not sure if you've heard the plot of it, basically it's set in like the 1950s in the neighborhood, but something's not quite right. And so they explained all what's not quite right,
0: but (laughs) it's just, it was interesting. Yeah. And and from what I can tell it's sort of a young woman who gets brought into a community in sort of that like nuclear 1950s, husband, wife, wife is, you know, a housewife, has Mm -hmm. to be perfect, beautiful, skinny, Mm -hmm uh you know maybe not the the most vocal when it comes to her opinions and then her life starts to unravel as things start to happen
1: <laughs> yeah yeah that's 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 what they present in the trailer it yeah, definitely
0: <laughs> <laughs> i definitely have to watch it I, I it's on my list i am definitely a fan of florence pugh she really yes. won me over in uh midsummer and black widow mm-hmm. um and um, my niece is probably Harry Styles' number one fan. She's <laughs> seen him multiple times. She's gone in costume to his concerts. I think she's going to Salt Lake City or Colorado to see him. Um, she is very much the number one fan. So, um, yeah, so Harry Styles, if you're watching this, Savannah would very much like to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so, so I, I I will be watching. Um, I'll definitely need to check that out. Um, I think that we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the news that came out today um, that coincides with your shirt from the DC camp. So um, mm-hmm. I didn't get to catch all of it, but um, what happened with DC? Uh, so it had been hinted for the
1: longest time that James Gunn and Peter Saffron, the new CEOs of DC Studios, would be releasing their initial slate of films and, and and animated shows and live action shows. And that happened today. And I watched it, it was like a five minute little like um, Ted talk or DC talk basically of everything that's uh-huh. coming out. And it was some stuff I hadn't heard of before. Some I had, um, basically he's broke down that stuff that in the new DCU is what he's calling it, right? So the Mm -hmm. DC universe is all going to be connected and interwoven together. But then other stories like Matt Reeves, the Batman or Todd Phillips, the Jokers, those are going to be called DC elsewhere. So they're going to live outside of the universe and but still have important stories to tell with their own voices, Um, which I thought was an interesting way of doing it, because that's how they've been doing it. Right. (laughs) But um, but I think the biggest announcement that I saw for me was Superman Legacy is going to be one of the big ones. They're making a Supergirl film um, and a Booster Gold TV series. Mm. Booster Gold is a character that I recently discovered in Tom King's Human Target run that has been going on, and he is quite interesting. So he he's a time traveler that comes from the future to our time, but to, so he can be a superhero with all of his future tech. Which is kind of yeah. interesting. So in his normal time, he's nobody. So he comes back here with this future tech and now he's somebody. So it's
0: right. And he, he's sort of chasing celebrity and cult, right? Exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah. So I, I like that. I thought that's a really cool series. I'm really glad that they're going to be making that. There were several others that, that he announced that I can't recall all of them, but that's what the one that really stood out to me.
0: Um, I'm still salty because I don't get my Afro-Latina bat girl. Um, so he still needs to make up for that um but was there any talk about blue beetle did you hear anything about blue beetle that is is still on the
1: docket to be released as a film i think um it's going uh, so shazam theory of the gods right that just got this trailer released then it's going the flash which is kind of kind of like reset everything
0: he said it was
1: one of his favorite superhero movies that he's ever seen so even as bad as the actor may be, maybe the movie's good. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, Um, Cool. I mean, the the other thing is, did they announce who was going to be playing Superman? No, they didn't announce. The only actor he mentioned
1: was Viola Davis because they're going to have a Waller series.
0: Waller. Yeah. I'm on board for that because she's amazing and Mm -hmm. that character is amazing. Um, But Henry Cavill is... The only Superman in my eyes. So I'm still disgruntled about that. Well, I mean, but I am moving forward with, with uh positivity and optimism that they can <laughs> turn things around. Um, but I still want my Aphrodite bat girl because that was too good to yeah. to you know throw away. And um I do want to see some some more creativity when it comes to the DC universe. But they did so. say for the <laughs> Batman series, the re,
1: the first Batman in this new DCU is going to be called the Brave and the Bold. And they're going to introduce Damian Wayne as Robin. So it's going to start bringing in all the different Next. Bat people. So that's, that's yeah. cool to me.
0: The 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 bat universe, the multiverse of bats. Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> there <he> is right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's that's exciting. I mean, for for a nerd like me, you know, that's that you know, that's all yeah. you can hope for is to get some good news about the DC universe and Marvel and all of that stuff. So, um, tomorrow is uh, of course New Comic Book Day. So uh, definitely some new comic books that are coming out. Um, that's where I will be at. Uh, tomorrow getting some new issues um but is there anything that you're currently reading you mentioned uh the human target anything else that you're i would recommend Um, to our folks pick up the ones by brian michael bendis and jacob edgar that's
1: been really good i think a new issue drops out pretty soon um what else have i been reading finished daredevil of course one of my favorites um yeah and That's about it. I have a large stack of stuff that I have to get to. I didn't realize that you know they start piling up and piling up. And you're like,
0: Whoa, I gotta read a lot! Yeah, it becomes an addiction. It's like tattoos or crack. You just once you get one, you <laughs> want to just keep getting more and more and more. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, I need to buy, get more just to feel even. Is that what you're saying? And then, yeah, yeah, okay. it,
0: it's it, it's madness. It's madness. So um, but yeah, so so that that's all I really had for this week. Um, but we actually have a really great guest that's actually we're going to be uh, having an interview with here. Um, why don't you go ahead and, and uh, introduce our, yes, our guest? I will do that. Thank you for allowing me to. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, we have a very cool guest, like Dave said, um, a documentary filmmaker, which I don't think we've had on the show before. So it's quite interesting to chat with Kyra Knox, Who's a documentary filmmaker out of Philadelphia. Um, and just a little bit about her. She's an award winning producer and director. Um, she started acting at around the age of six and we'll get into this with her, but she, she loves storytelling across mediums and her, her social impact work, like she did a PSA for the Philadelphia Eagles last year, uh, uh about gun violence, which is what her main full feature documentary coming out this year is going to be featured focused on as well but you know what enough talking with me let's just get right to the interview so here we are everyone let's welcome Kyra Knox hello everyone welcome back to another episode or edition of Little Talks with Pop Cult X it's our conversation series where we chat with a wide variety of creative people where we hear their takes their thoughts their inspirations and everything that makes them them today we are thrilled to be joined by Kyra Knox, who is a documentary filmmaker who is um, currently working on releasing her first full feature documentary, Bad Things Happen in Philly, which we'll get to in a little bit. But Kyra, thanks for joining us.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> it's it is really cool. Um, Yes, it's really cool to have you here. Especially, you must be really excited because I'll get a little off topic first. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are going to the Super Bowl.
2: Go Birds!
1: which which you know for me unfortunately I don't really follow the NFL anymore since the Chargers left San Diego that kind of (laughs) just ripped my heart out of it but I'm excited for you I'm excited for the city of Philadelphia which kind of leads into my first topic is you've done a PSA with the Philadelphia Eagles for gun violence is that correct
2: yes um I did a PSA for them last year and they brought me, well, the agency, the Perception, they brought me back to do another PSA with the Eagles. And that commercial should be dropping very, very, very soon. So oh, it's my nice. second year in a row with them.
1: That's wow. really cool. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I, I really love the message um, that the Eagles you know, Carrie, and I like the fact that they put their money where their mouth is. Mm-hmm. Um, so last year they donated ten thousand dollars to each nonprofit, and this year they oh, up wow. it to fifty thousand dollars for nonprofit. Um, and they gear more towards the smaller nonprofits that are boots mm-hmm. on the ground doing this every day. So I love working with them.
0: That is right really that's cool. amazing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, Kyra, if I could have you actually just explain how did you get involved in and becoming a creator in I'm um, doing PSAs, commercials, um documentary filmmaking, etc.
2: So fun fact, I've only been doing this for four years. <laughs> wow. Um when I was 34, I actually quit my corporate job to follow my dreams of being a filmmaker. Nice. Um I was <laughs> <laughs>
1: right, I just, I'm
2: doing <laughs> um I was on the couch, you know crying and my husband came home and he was like, what's wrong? And I said, I, I can't do this no more. Can I, can I quit my job? He said, give me 90 days. I walked into the office, gave them my 90 days notice. Um, and here I am four years later. Um, awesome. full time.
1: That is awesome. I mean, yeah. there must be something around that age of the 34. Cause that's when I quit my full-time job in corporate America too.
2: So <laughs> Just- <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's really cool. And, and so what, what um drew you to to that medium of you know moving pictures and, and um storytelling?
2: So I actually started out as an actor when I was six years old at Freedom Theater. I went to creative and performing arts high school. Nice. People might know that's where the roots, Jasmine Sullivan, um Blau, yeah. like all of them have gone to. Um, and then I did some theater in New York. Um, I did a, a, the, I'm sorry, the, can not get my words together. Off Broadway play, Corner Awards. That right. won a 2003 Oppenheimer Award. And then I wrote my one woman show. um oh, That nice. got into a festival. Oh. <laughs> Performed that in 2018. But around that time, um, an old friend of mine was working on a short film and asked me if I could help them produce it because they said I was so organized. And I'm like, well, what does the <laughs> producer do? So, <laughs> so I literally took a $70 production class at Philly Camp, which is like this nonprofit organization. And I just, I, I realized that I really love being behind the camera and seeing mm. the process from the beginning to the end. Versus mm-hmm. just being in front of the camera and waiting for the final product to come out. But ah, gotcha, I can do yeah. all the craft services I want if I'm not in front of the camera. So
1: <laughs> <laughs> the true um, motivation, right? <laughs>
2: right. <laughs> um. And when I was working at a small boutique production company, around the time that I quit my corporate job, I got hired to be an actor. I was supposed to be resting. And instead, I was going to the crew and I say, hey, what are you guys doing? You need any help? And by the time we wrapped the owner, he said, well, what are you into? And I said, well, I just quit my corporate job because I want to be a producer. And he said, well, do you want to work here one day a week? So I was like, "Okay, I'll be a runner, you know. And very quickly, they started having me cast the docuseries for watching a No By Yahoo and when they were asking me to cast i didn't know what a casting director i didn't know any. <laughs> I, I figured it out like by the help of like finding like interesting stories on you know mm-hmm. instagram and twitter and yahoo at the time it was rising media they really loved these stories and so they were like oh well Kyra, can you be associate producer and produce i was like okay. (laughs) like (laughs) Learning as I go, like boots on the ground, but it was hearing the stories of the people that we were capturing, what it made me very passionate about it. And I was like, oh, I want to do this more. I want to do this more. And so they started getting like my job, my old job, they started getting bigger projects. So they're like, well, Kyra, do you want to direct these too? So I was like, wow. okay. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm directing and producing. I pro- direct and produce close to 40 episodes of Watching a Know. I always tell people that was my film school, um, and I. <laughs> 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 right and on, and then two silver tellies for my work. So yeah, from oh wow,
0: congratulations! You.
2: Thank yeah. you. So yeah. it was like very, very fast that it all happened, <laughs> but it was the Talk story about. that really got me.
1: Yeah. And the stories, and, and like you said, finding the creative stories and the stories that need to be told. Now, yes. how passionate? How much of a passion is that for you personally? Telling you know other people's stories that you know they people need to hear.
2: I'm super, super, super passionate about it, and I'm I'm very passionate about finding stories that people don't normally find. Like mm-hmm. I stray away from people that have like a huge following of Instagram, social media. Um, and I look for those underdog stories. Right on. I wouldn't say that everyone that has like a huge social media following is doing it for the cloud or anything like that. But I feel like the people that are boots on the ground doing important work, you know, they're not doing it for a cloud. They're not really posting like that because they're too busy trying yeah. to change the world, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about bad things happening in Philadelphia.
2: The most violent year in our lifetime. Philadelphia's mayor says that's what 2021 could be if the killings in the city continue. Elected leaders are committed to. Nine people were shot, three of them died. Philadelphia was rough.
0: It's not for the weak hearted. We have that tough exterior, tough skin. It's pretty
1: sad. Like, I haven't experienced it myself. But just watching. My friends lose friends and lose family, and it's kind of tough to watch it. That day, I was downstairs, I was in bed. I was laying down, just about to fall asleep. My normal night routine, listening to music in bed. of people I grew up with, like from school, just from like my neighborhood. There's a lot of people that had passed away or just in jail that I was really, really close with.
2: That
0: scream before. You know, the violence level, and that's the main thing that scared me. You know, every time y'all go out, you know, outside, you know, I'm fearful of it because of you know the government with y'all's skin color, whether it be y'all own people from jealousy. What do you
1: think we're gonna
0: do today?
2: I'm using basketball as a vehicle to change and save lives. That's what keeps me going for a mission. The powers that be are not willing to step outside of their comfort zones or their old-ass boxes. How do we get this message across?
0: And be innovative with new approaches to helping these kids, but learning how
2: to communicate with these children. The time is now to change that narrative.
1: that trailer is very powerful for your documentary bad things happen in Philadelphia. It is very moving. How did you get involved with Alan Iverson and how did you get, how did this all come to be for this wow. project?
2: Oh man. So Gary Mills, that's featured, um, in the trailer, mm-hmm. he's actually my cousin. Um, oh, wow. and so I was in, when I was doing a smaller project on his organization, Before COVID, because, you know, I feel like we always have to say before COVID and after COVID. (laughs) Before COVID, I was so inspired by his story, but I was also inspired by the teens, you know, because Mm -hmm. you never hear from a teen perspective about gun violence and how they're dealing with it. Yeah, that's true. And so I was like, okay, one day I'm going to do a short film about shoe basketball. It's not people. Mm -hmm. And then COVID happens. Right. And then everything just shuts down. I'm like, dang, like, why didn't I just do it? Why didn't I just have the balls to just do it? Why did I just keep (laughs) on saying, let's wait, let's wait. So I made a promise to myself that, you know, I would do it once the world opens back up. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I got together my friends, because my friends, they work in an industry as well. And I said, hey guys, I have this idea. Are you down? I don't have no money, but you know, I'll help produce <laughs> or direct anything <laughs> for you for free. And they were just like, oh, don't worry about it. Like, let's do it. And mm-hmm. by our fourth filming day, and we were like filming on the weekends because obviously we have full time production right. jobs. But a fourth one, I said, Guys, we have something special here. I want to pause because I think I need to turn this into a feature. And so Hector and his sister Sylvia, they um, and Hector's one of my DPs in the um the project. They put together, you know, this trailer, which is now I'm calling it a sizzle because the official trailer is going to be coming out. Oh, they put okay. this out and I was gonna use it for crowdsourcing. And that's why it's so long. Um and I sent it to my film sisters and they were like, you can't crowdsource, this is too good. This, it feels like it's something that's gonna be on Netflix or something.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and I got introduced to Mark Mims, who's one of my executive producer. And he said to me, Kyra, I know you don't know me from a can of paint, but trust me, I will get you this <laughs> funding, do not crowdsource. So I said, okay, I'll take another <laughs> leaf of faith. That's <laughs> it, my thing. <laughs> I I saw I was like let's do it and within weeks he calls me and he says you'll never believe this I said what he said I was showing your trailer around and Alan Iverson saw it and wants to be a part of it I said wow. what wow. <laughs> so it was one of those things that it just happened organically I didn't reach out to him they came, to, cool. came to us so that's what made it so cool and mm-hmm. ai i mean we take them as as our own you know and right. fully so yeah that's how it all came that's about and now we're here now i'm talking to you guys
1: <laughs> <laughs> and i'm sure as as it gets um more um noticed in the tra- actual trailer comes out and then when it gets presented out to the world you're going to be talking to much bigger people than us i'm sure about no, that. No, no. <laughs> <laughs>
2: No. <laughs> Remember, always, always look at the underdogs. Remember
0: there you that- go. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are. Cara, <laughs> I had a question for you. Um, and, you know, this is sort of like a, maybe a philosophical question for you. But um, a lot of our guests have talked about having almost this this moment in their life when they make a uh, they have a decisive moment that I'm going to go down this path and and it's almost as if you know the there's they start to go with the stream as opposed to against it and mm-hmm. you know whether or not you you want to call it tapping into the universe or you know following god or you know the creator's plan um what would you tell young people that have that self doubt and are are just questioning themselves you know am i am i destined for greatness am i destined to have uh be accomplished and, and what would you tell them, like, about second-guessing yourself and just really having the confidence to to move forward and really chase their dreams?
2: Um, I would say this, and it's something that I always tell people. We only have one life, right? And life is not a rehearsal at all, you know? This is showtime. And, you know, you, you don't want to wake up, you know, and you're 60, 70 years old And you're in a cubicle or you're in this job that you're not passionate about. And you're like, one day I'm going to do it. It's like, no, like this is showtime. Like take that leap of faith and just go out and do it. Because when I decided to take that plunge, I said to myself, I can always get another office job if it doesn't work out, but I will always be mad at myself if I didn't at least try. You know,
0: absolutely. And I'm
2: all just try. Like, you only have one life. And there's so many people out here that are miserable or depressed (laughs) or, you know, or anxious or because they just didn't do it. You Mm -hmm. know, you'll never know if you don't try. And something else I want to say is I also want to say this specifically to women. You know, um, when I decided to quit my job, I was 34, married, didn't have kids. You know, and it was one of those things like, you know, why isn't she having a baby now? You know, Mm -hmm. she needs to settle down. This is a hobby. This is that. And they were in also my husband's ear. And I want to say to women out there, it doesn't matter where you are in your stage of life. Go ahead and do it. Don't listen to those naysayers and keep your blinders on.
1: Very true. Thank you for that.
2: You're welcome. You're welcome.
1: Now one of the posts I saw from you that really I think caught my attention
2: Uh-oh. Made me look into your
1: Twitter account.
2: <laughs> Wait, it's what not, not... was it? On, was it on Instagram or Twitter? Cuz you know two different. <laughs> Instagram is a different life than Twitter. Twitter it is, is a diary. <laughs> but I think this
1: this crossed the crossed to both of them. It was okay. um, a, a photo of you and and three ladies you met during COVID and then how you guys came together afterwards when everything opened back up. And that really, that really um, stuck with me because we meet a lot of people, especially doing this podcast here through COVID and during not well, just after COVID, but being able to meet those people in person and having felt like you've known them for a while, that must've been something special. Tell me a little bit how, how that relationship, because all three of you guys are in the industry yes. and are, are doing, are doing great stuff. So how did that come about? It's just a little um, anecdote, if you want.
2: Oh, man. And and just to let you know, those same women that you're talking about, they're the ones that told me not to crowdsource for bad things. Ah,
0: happening.
2: Okay. In <laughs> the <same> <laughs> oh, man. So it was at the height of covid. Um, everything was shut down and I'm in Philly. So, you know, like my whole industry in Philly was shut down. Mm -hmm. Edith, she was at that time living in Texas and she was working in corporate full time. And then Shaquela, she was living in Atlanta and she was a crafty PA and had just quit her job, her own job a few months ago. And now the industry is like shutting down. Done, Yeah. And Edith wrote a post, and we're still trying to find this post, but she wrote a post. And I said something like, she said something about Hispanic, mo- I mean, Latina mothers. And I said, well, Black mothers do that too. And then <laughs> she said something. And then next thing you know, we're like chatting with each other on Twitter. And I don't remember who said us, but one of us said, oh, we should do like a happy hour Zoom and so nice. we met each other on Zoom, and we all brought in someone else, like another female from the industry that we knew. And we had like mimosas, and we're all laughing, <laughs> and talking on the Zoom. And we kept, we decided to keep doing it. But as of, as the other women fell off, me, Shakila, and Edith, we stayed on with each other. And then as the world kept opening up. We would start calling each other and texting each other with advice or if we're feeling down or, you know, celebrating small wins, you know, Mm -hmm. or if we're crying, you know, and just getting to know each other's personal life, not just their, you know, not just our professional lives. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, I have my feature doc, you know, executive produced by Alan Iverson. Shaquela went from a crafty PA to now she's in a writer's room for BMF and Stars. Oh wow! And Edith is living in LA, and she just got into the Paramount Writers Residency.
1: Wow! Wow!
2: And she has other amazing, and she was part of the Gotham, um, Gotham Labs Residency. So it's been amazing watching our journey from when the world shut down to where we are now, and we're closer to. Closer than ever, and then that photo that you saw was actually the first time all three of us were in the same room together. That's cool. Yeah, that's really yeah. cool.
1: That's such yeah. a great story. Mm-hmm. I mean, someone I said could... that
2: somebody needs to write that into a, a to a series or something. <laughs> exactly.
1: So I was thinking some sort of like film or series. I could see that. Yeah, definitely.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I I think that it's it's so important to see people that are helping uplift and support each other. Especially in a really competitive environment like the film industry or you know music, and and it's so cutthroat. But to see you know a group of people that really support and help uplift, and when that happens, you see that success comes to everyone.
2: Mm, yeah. um, and
0: so it's, it's it's it almost I mean it gave me goosebumps uh, hearing <laughs> your your story of all of their success because um, it's just such a positive story and such a positive. Uh, lesson for people to learn that in order for you to succeed, you don't have to tear other people down. You can actually mm-hmm. help uh, lift up other people.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And when they succeed, like I celebrate their wins as if it's my wins. Like when mm-hmm. Shaquayla got to the writer's room for BMF, I was like, girl, you are no longer <laughs> a fantasy. We have made it. <laughs> so it's just, it's, it's amazing. And then You know, another thing is like in this industry, as you get more opportunities and more people reach out to you, you never know if they're coming to you from a genuine place. So it's nice Mm -hmm. to like always have those two women to lean on.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that. That is really cool.
2: Thank you. Thank you for not bringing out one of my diary posts on Twitter.
1: <laughs> well, I can go back if you really want me to.
2: <laughs> Cuz I literally talked about how I had a meltdown this morning, so no. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, because the thing is I what I tell people is that I'm very transparent on my social media, specifically on Twitter because I know there's a lot of filmmakers on Twitter. And I want fellow filmmakers to know that I'm here with you. I know it's not easy. You know, we're right. always shouting out our wins, but I think it's important for us to shout out our losses too, you know, so that everyone knows that everything is not always a hundred percent and you're not alone. Because if you look at social media, you can get caught up to yeah. people living this perfect life. And people are not living a perfect life. So I just pride myself on being very transparent through the process of being a filmmaker and also the process of making a feature film.
0: Very true. And I I think that that's so important that that there are people like you that are transparent in that process. Because, I I mean, you can get so down and be be so down and hard on yourself trying Mm -hmm. to compare yourself to you know, someone who's very successful and is posting in Tahiti and they're sipping their drinks and, and life is so easy for them. Right. Um, but as so many of our guests on this podcast have, have shared, I mean, we have people, treated, you know, at one point we're sleeping in their car in Los Angeles and then now we're working on a show on HBO. So, you know, it, it definitely is, is work, um, but yeah. uh, it's so important to let people know that it, it's not, you know, it, it's a struggle for us all. We're all, in it together, we're yeah. all trying to do our best, and we're all working towards our goals. So, um, thank you for that as well.
2: You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, you're so
0: full, you're so full of important lessons. Like I love it.
2: <laughs> Tell my mom that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but thank you, thank you. I just I just think it's very like am am I meltdown today? You know, I mean. Last week, I was in the Philadelphia Tribune on the front page, you know, the paper. And then today on Tuesday, you know, I'm crying in my drink because I have all of this stuff that I didn't realize that I need to do after you're done a feature film, you know, and I wasn't mentally prepared for that. So it's just so those things. It's just about being transparent so other people know the process as well and they're not in the dark.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So. What do you use for inspiration? I Like some of our guests they use they turn to music. I love music as an inspiration for myself when I'm creating. I both Gabe and I are photographers as well. So oh. when we're at least I do. I can't I won't speak for Gabe. But when I'm coming <laughs> up with a concept or something that I want to shoot, I use a lot of music and that drives me. It, do you have any sort of like inspirations or external motivators for your craft?
2: Um I would say it depends on the project If, because um, I'm a commercial producer by day. I always say I'm a comm- okay. commercial producer by day. I'm a documentary filmmaker at heart. Um, so for commercial, it's more so of like listening to like music yeah. to get me amped, get my mood up. But as far as like when I'm getting inspiration for filmmaking, I actually go out into the world. You know, I people watch. I, you know, I go to events, see what, you know, artists are out there that haven't been featured. You know, um, I'm constantly looking at small short docs, you know, and trying to find interesting stories and seeing how other filmmakers, documentary filmmakers, you know, express themselves visually, you know, because with documentaries, we can always tend to maybe be too boring if it's just a bunch of talking in So I'm always trying to see like, oh, wow, like that's interesting that they did that shot like that and it made it more visually. So it's just looking out into the world, I guess you could say. Very cool. I think it's I answered your question. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. I have a bad habit of going off on a tangent. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, You don't know about tangents. I'm like the tangent king here. Okay. <laughs> Um, So the thought occurred to me, um, you know, when when I think about documentaries, I also think about reality television shows like we live in the world of, you know, reality shows now and social media. Um, Do you feel that that those social those um, reality shows have hurt the integrity of documentary filmmaking or shorts because Mm -hmm. now people want to be types and they want to Mm -hmm. force a storyline or. Make it go a certain way as opposed to just documenting real life or real activities,
2: yeah. I think people get too caught up in things looking perfect mm-hmm. um, and or looking for drama, mm-hmm. you know, um, when sometimes, you know, a documentary can just be someone's normal life that is still interesting without all of the dramatics and everything. Mm -hmm. So I definitely feel that way. And I also feel like those huge documentaries where they pay subjects like millions and millions of dollars to get in front of the camera, I think that takes away the integrity as well because with documentaries, I feel like it should be a trust between the director, producer, and the subject that's in front of the camera. And I feel like when you're just throwing money at someone to share their story, it tarnishes that Uh, a little bit. Now, I do believe in subjects getting paid for Mm -hmm. their work. Um, Some of the things I've done is donated to like their nonprofit Um, Mm -hmm. or, you know, like, for example, in my film, you know, putting a clause in there that if something big happens with this film, then they would get a percentage of that, you know? That's cool. Um, But, you know, just throwing cash at someone just to get them in front of their in front of your camera, it tarnishes that, you know, with bad things that happen in Philadelphia, I'm working, I'm dealing with people that have lost loved ones, you know, um, mothers, and I had to build that trust with them for them to even feel comfortable to be in front of my camera and for them to also feel as though I'm not exploiting them either, Mm -hmm. you know. So, yeah, I I do feel like it tarnishes, tarnishes it a little bit.
0: Interesting. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Was that a thin line? And how do you walk that thin line between exploiting and really wanting to tell their story?
2: Yeah. So I know with what I can say with my film, um, I didn't exploit the subjects. Like, for example, after. After they were done filming, I would tell them, go home. And if there's something in there that you feel as though that you opened up to me and you don't feel comfortable now with that being in camera, let me know. It will not be on film, you know. And I did Mm -hmm. have a few people that would send me an email maybe weeks later and say, Hey Kyra, I know I said X, Y, and Z, but can we not have that on film? And I said, No problem. You know, and I feel as though that I didn't throw that. Well, you did sign a release. You did do. Mm -hmm. No, you know, because I'm not in the business to exploit your trauma. I hate Mm -hmm. trauma porn. That's what I call it. You know, Um, so that's where my line is. If you tell me I don't want this on film, even though you said it, I will not include it in there at all. Yeah. Versus you might have other, especially reality TV Producers that will exploit, you know, those yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: That's very interesting. Well, yeah. A lot of our, our uh, listeners or subscribers and people who watch our, our podcasts are big fans of pop culture. Um, if they're new to um, this medium of document documentary um, filmmaking. Um, obviously, they're going to be watching up for your documentary when it's released and we'll be watching it. Um, are there any other documentaries that are out there that you would recommend um, to an audience that's new to that format or to that medium?
2: Oh, I love docs. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. One of my favorite docu-series is The Jinx so good about that man that was like murdering he was his name robert robert durst rob was it robert durst he was like out there like murdering and he didn't get oh yeah he didn't get caught until Mm -hmm. like the very end but i don't want to ruin how he got caught (laughs) i'll tell you off off the recording if you really want to know
0: uh, <laughs> I love that <laughs>
2: um right now I'm watching this very interesting um documentary on Netflix called Breakpoint about the tennis stars and how like oh, that, yeah. oh isn't that good and how they like mentally go through things and like the ups and downs of that I love that um for women there's another doc on Hulu about black women's hair and Tracy Ellis Ross did a seven part documentary about that and that was excellent. So it's so many good docs out there. So oh one, 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 one. there's a really good one on Hulu about the um, about the Lakers as well and the whole journey from the very beginning with Dr. Jerry Buss to like where they are now. So that was really good as well. And the Redeem team, that was good as too. See, I see. I told you I could keep going. going, going. <laughs> yeah. now,
1: did, the, talking real quick about the Lakers, did you see the show on HBO that was kind of- Sure did,
2: and I okay, have the book.
1: <laughs> the winning winning time, that's, yes. Yep. That's, yeah, so we chatted- good. We chatted with Rodney Barnes who wrote a lot of the episodes there really? um, a while back. Yeah. And that's such a great show. I love that show. Oh, I can't good. wait for season two. Yeah.
2: same. And I love how they use the different cameras on that. Mm-hmm. It was so good. I cannot wait for season two. Yeah. You know, that's why the Lakers did the documentary, right? Cause they were pissed off about that series. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't get
0: into that too much. <laughs> that's the real tea right there, but. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That is,
1: oh, I can see why they would want to do that. I mean, but it yes, was
0: a really good show.
1: So I'll stick Get with the that. Book.
2: Show. The book is really good. Okay.
0: I can do I, that. I, I think that it reminds me of that saying that like real life is, is better than fiction. Um mm-hmm. and it and it once you start to think about that. I mean, wow, as as the documentary filmmaker, I imagine there are so many ideas and so many things that you can. Um, go out and document. Like, I mean, we talked about sports, we talked about music, we, you know, we talked about, um, you know, gun violence. There's so much in the world and so many people's stories that need to be told um, that, I mean, I get excited about wanting to learn more about other people's stories. So um, I I just can imagine how excited it must make you to kind of see all these different stories that, that are out there that have yet to be told or yet to be focused on.
2: I, I love them. I remember um, last year I did a short doc called The Time Thief. And everyone was like, how are you doing a short doc about this fine art artist? Aren't you working on Bad Things Happen in Philadelphia? Right now? <laughs> 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 and I was like, well, guys, I was like, The Time Thief, that's like my mixtape. And Bad Things Happen in Philadelphia <laughs> is my album. Like, <laughs> I'm enjoying <in Jordan. laughs> it.
1: <laughs> that is so cool.
2: Yes, yes. That's what, that's 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 what I like to think of it as, you know. So,
1: so after um, bad things happen in Philadelphia, where do you see yourself going? There, from where do you see yourself going from there?
2: On a beach.
1: <laughs> On a beach.
2: <laughs> <laughs> With a drink in my hand, sleeping. <laughs>
1: sleeping. There you go. <laughs> um, <laughs>
2: I don't know. I I really I mean, for this to be my debut feature doc, it's like, wow, you know, it's like I don't even know how I even top that. I just pray that, you know, by me having a platform of, you know, Mark Mills, my executive producer, because he's a Grammy nominated producer, um, having his platform and having Alan Iverson's platform. With this film, I hope that it helps me with my next project and I can tell someone else important story with mm-hmm. even more funding, with even more resources and with a bigger team, you know. So I just want to I want to get to a point where film, I don't have to be a commercial producer anymore and I can just be a full time filmmaker, you know, you so baby steps. But I got this far in four years, so. <laughs> <who> no. <knows? laughs>
1: There you go. That is really cool. If our audience wants to follow your, your not your breakdowns, but your ups and downs in social media, <laughs> <laughs> where where can they find you at?
2: <laughs> um, on Twitter and Instagram. It's the same on both. Uh, Tyra Knox underscore, because someone else has my name, so I have to put the <laughs> underscore underneath. <So.
1: laughs> How dare they?
2: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And you can find my work on www.kyranox.com.
1: Very cool. Excellent. Well, Kyra, thank you so much for spending some time with us chatting about your career, your inspirations and whatnot. We really
0: appreciate your time.
2: Thank you so much for having me, guys. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you. And and, uh, much success to you in the future.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Well, everyone, this was Kyra Knox.
1: Make sure you go follow her and um, stay tuned for all the great things that are going to be coming out with her in the future. Once again, Kyra, thank you very much for spending some time with us this evening. I know it's you're in the East Coast, so recording rather late for you. So we appreciate you um, jumping on here with us to chat about your work and whatnot. And everyone, I think you guys should go find her website, find the trailer that beyond what I showed here, because it is such a powerful piece and it impacts not only just the city of Philadelphia, but nationwide, especially with this epidemic of gun violence that we have here in the United States. So it is very important that we learn how we can make
0: a a change for the better. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I think that that's a really great and wonderful way for us to probably end the podcast. On that note, um, so with, with that, thank you once again for everyone tuning in, listening to us, watching us on YouTube. Uh, please uh, like and subscribe on YouTube. Um, make sure that you follow us on all our social media. Um, we definitely are open to any sort of conversations that you would like, any topics that you would like to hear about. But until then, um, stay safe,
2: everyone, and we'll, we'll see you next time.